That's like, really cool, though. You're like, they're just like, okay, cool. I'm yeah. like making this venom, but it's more just like, it's like spicy saliva. I guess. <laughs> you know what? Maybe it's just seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> This is the CritterCast Podcast. Welcome to CritterCast, a comedic and informative animal-themed podcast. <laughs> We're on episode number... 28. <gasps> Whoa. It is episode 28. So, for those of you who always look forward to our catch-up sessions, stay tuned. We will catch up, but we're going to dive right in this week um, and get started with our Critter of the Week slash Critter of the episode, because we only do episodes right. every other week. Right. So it's really Critter of a week and a half, because we start researching. Right. Yeah. Either way. Anyway. Critter <laughs> of episode 28. And today, we decided it seemed appropriate to to return to our reptile roots for a number of reasons. Talk about Ooh. a reptile. Um, for those that have followed CritterCast since its inception, or just for a little while, you'll know we've done several reptiles so far and we'll we'll continue circling back around to them pretty often a we like to change it up b we just love reptiles we love them so Um, much and last week if you listen to our episode you know that we attended a reptile show and we do have vlog footage that's gonna be edited and posted before this vlog is before this episode is posted so hopefully you've seen it and if not go check out our facebook page and our youtube channel and we'll put a little snippet on instagram as well and our patreon and our patreon and the vlog will be in all of those places so you'll be able to take a look I at it, it was your robe all over the place um yes so today we decided to circle back around to reptiles also because we have a foster right now that is a reptile so today we're going to be talking about bearded dragons Woohoo! so bearded dragons yes yeah arguably one of the most popular pet reptiles definitely that there are and one of the coolest oh yeah they're great yeah i mean clint's reptiles on youtube might argue the best pet reptile do they do they I mean, argue the best reptile? every every reptile they argue is, is the best pet the reptile best. <laughs> let's be real but i'm pretty sure that um on his ranking system they uh-huh. did score pretty high i wouldn't be shocked if they didn't cause yeah they rank high in hardiness they rank high in handleability. They rank high in easy care. Wait, no, they don't. That's the only one that would probably pull it down a little bit is they do no, have some. They actually, they do rank pretty, like most people consider their care to be pretty simple. But we'll get, we will get into all of that. Um, for those that aren't familiar with bearded dragons, as usual, we recommend if you're not driving right now to, to Google search bearded dragon, get an idea of what it looks like. Or go to our Facebook page or our Instagram and you will see pictures and of videos bearded dragons. of what they look like. Absolutely, because we definitely have posted bearded dragons before. But bearded dragons, if I feel like they're definitely one of the type of reptiles that even if you don't know reptiles very well, you have seen bearded dragons around. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lizard, if we haven't made that clear already. Yes. <laughs> not only is it a reptile, not, it's a lizard. Not actually a dragon. No. Right. But it's a dragon lizard. It's kind yes. of as close as we can get to dragons at yeah. this time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's obviously larger dragon lizards that Komodo are probably dragons. closer. Uh, but yes, about as close to a dragon as you can get on this earth now. Mm-hmm. Maybe there were once closer things to actual mythical dragons, but... Yes. Yes. A bearded dragon. The Latin name of bearded dragon gets a little tricky because there are actually eight different species of what we call bearded dragons. Uh Uh-huh. So the genus for all of them is Pogona. 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 Um, And the most common species that you'll see around and kept as pets is the Viticeps, which is the central Hmm. or inland bearded dragon. Right. All eight species of bearded dragons are from Australia. Okay. That's where they all originated from. They don't live in the wild anywhere else. But within Australia, they kind of live all over the place in different different environments, too. Really? Interesting. So the different species will have different environments that they come from. They're all dry, hot. It's okay. Australia. Yeah. So they're they're pretty much all dry and hot. Some of them have more shrubbery. Some of them are more woodlandy. Right. But it, it's nothing like what we would experience in North America. Right. And think of as like a forest. Oh, <laughs> interesting. It's because um, there's definitely like some rainforesty parts of Australia, but none yeah. of these must come from. No, they they go up to subtropical. Okay. But it's not not full on tropical. Okay. Um. The another species that is sometimes kept in captivity is the Henry Lassoni. Which hmm. is like a fake 
Latin name. It's ri- like, yeah. that is their species name, but yeah. it's like not Latin. Um, I think it's named after the, the person that discovered them. Sure. But it's more commonly called the Rankin's dragon or oh. the dwarf bearded dragon. So oh. they're like little mini beauties. Cute. And they're very expensive and rare, oh, but okay. they are kept. Um, affectionately, we call bearded dragons beardies yeah. in the reptile trade and also just people that see them out and about in Australia like to call them beardies. Okay, I have a quick question for yes. you. Is beardies spelled for beardy dragons? Is it B-E-A-R-D-I-E or D-Y? I've always spelled it D-I-E. It's how I typed it up in my Me notes. Me too. And it's how I've seen it most often. But that's so weird because that's not actually like correct English. But that yeah, but, feels like But like beardy right with name. a Y wouldn't be correct English either. Man, I it's don't It's also know. not it's a, a word. Thing. So, I mean, I guess I shouldn't speak since my name is spelled with an IE and not a Y. Yes. But. Yes. It's, it's just It a feels name. weird to me. It feels weird. It's okay. Just thank you. Name. Thank you for that clarification. Um, like all other reptiles and all lizards by that statement, um, bearded dragons are ectothermic, which means they require an outside source of heat in order mm-hmm. to be able to regulate their body temperature. They can't produce heat on the inside. Contrary to popular belief, they're not cold-blooded. Their blood what? has to be warm. <laughs> that's why they That's why they so badly and desperately need heat from other sources. And the bearded dragon is kind of like the most um, thought-of example of ectothermic because they're such heavy baskers. They spend right. so much of their time seeking out sunlight and laying in it to absorb the heat so people can think really easily these aren't cold-blooded animals. They are ectotherms. So basically what you're saying is that, like, they like to suntan. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Sunbathing all the way. Okay, cool. But it's, you know, because for necessary biological processes and not just because they like it. Oh, it's not because it's cool. And they don't tan. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do they get skin cancer? Uh, you know, I didn't look into that, but I'm sure they're susceptible to it like most other oh, living That sucks, beings. man. You have to bask if you're a beardy, but also if you have the risk of skin cancer. Man, that is a catch I mean, 22. I don't know for sure. It, it, I don't know that they get skin cancer. I feel like that would be quite unfair of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bearded dragons are known for their wide triangle heads and their flat bodies and, of course, their rough and spiny scales. Yes. So they've got spikes, especially on their beard area, which mm-hmm. is the area underneath their chin all the way down to where their bo- head ends and their body starts. It's got this kind of big inflatable sack that's covered in rough spiny scales. Wait, it's not actually furry? No. Like a beard? No. Oh. It's scaly. It's a scaly beard. They have no fur. And they have rough scales down their back, and they have spines down on the, along the sides of their bodies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if now if you haven't had the chance to Google it and you weren't sure, I'm pretty sure now you can see a bearded dragon Yeah, you probably have something in your head that matches pretty close. Yep, definitely. Um, they are noted to be semi-arboreal in the wild really? and in captivity. So even though they're not, like, they don't live in trees, they've got those long toes and long claws okay. that can dig into things. And they like to get as close to the sun as possible. Sure. So they can't climb vertically, but they can do almost anything else. They All can right. really climb a lot. Um, and I can attest from personal experience that the bearded dragon that's temporarily living in our house can and will climb up the dog crate and the window blinds <laughs> to try the to window get blinds? the window blinds nice. to try and get closer to the, the sun. I, I hope she understands that it's not any warmer up there because of, no. you know, temperature control inside. Right. But she's trying. In fact, maybe a little colder if you're on the window in winter. (laughs) Um, Speaking of winter, bearded dragons are also one of the types of lizards that go into brumation Mm -hmm. in the wild. In captivity, they sometimes will brumate or they'll semi-brumate just Mm -hmm. because we keep their temperatures regular year-round. So they don't experience brumation the same way they would if they were living out in captivity. And brumation is? It's a form of hibernation. Um, it's not like what you think of when you think of bears where they literally go into a deep sleep for several months. Um, reptiles brumate in extreme temperatures, both cold, mostly during winter, and if there is ever like an extreme heat wave as well. 
So they'll go in and bury themselves. Um, Wait, they'll do it in a heat wave too? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, if it gets too hot, totally they'll burrow and just kind of hide from the sun for a while. Sure. it's too much. Their bodies just can't function when it gets yeah. too hot. Um, but okay. especially when it's cold, they'll just lower their energy level a lot. They won't eat for several months, and they'll drink just a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. But they can survive on whatever food they've stored up. Wow. Um, and be very successful. And then when they come out of brumation, there'll be nifty time for breeding when they get started. <laughs> when they are not in brumation, uh-huh. the bearded dragons are diurnal. And we talk a lot about reptiles that are crepuscular. Right. And a lot about reptiles that are nocturnal mm-hmm. on CritterCast. But now today we get to talk about a diurnal reptile. Which makes sense for an animal that is a basker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because yeah. they have to be out when the sun is out. Yeah. That's It'd what be they pretty need. hard to bask. I mean, I guess... If the moon is really intense, you could probably bask a little bit. Yeah, but you won't get any heat from the no. moon. No. And that's what that's what they're after with yeah. the basking. I think that's also why we can know so much about them in captivity versus some of the other reptiles we've talked about. That makes sense. Because they're out when we're out. Right. We don't have to go hunting for them at night. We don't have to try and figure out how they live their lives at night. They're, they're just kind of out there. Right. If you live in Australia, you'll see them. In the wild. Isn't that wacky? Let's go to Australia. Like, here we think about the fact that we see little lizards yeah. all over the place. We've yeah. got alligator lizards here that can get pretty big. Yeah. But mostly you see just, like, little brush lizards and right. all kinds of little things out in, in our area, at least. And could you imagine just walking out your door and seeing, like, a, a two-foot-long bearded dragon <laughs> just, like, That would be freaking awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That'd be so cool. I think it's cool. <laughs> um, they are omnivorous critters. Which means, of course, that they eat both plant and animal-based foods. Mm-hmm. Um, in the wild, they'll kind of eat what they can get. So they'll mm-hmm. eat a mixture of leaves, greens, fruits, uh, invertebrates like bugs, and even vertebrates like other smaller lizards. If Makes that's sense. what they can, if that's what they can get, they're not sure. super picky eaters. And luckily, in captivity, they're not super picky all the time either. It's pretty easy to get them to eat. That's great. Standard reptile varieties of things i'm sure that's something that makes them a very popular pet too i do believe so yeah environmentally luckily they are not threatened whatsoever Yay! there's plenty of bearded dragons part of that is because australia has them protected by law oh that's so they great. cannot be exported they can't be caught and kept in captivity Excellent. and it's so weird for us to think here you can go to a pet store and get a bearded dragon right. easy peasy nobody cares you have a bearded dragon but in many areas of australia you actually have to have a permit to legally own oh, a bearded wow. dragon and i think that's because that's how they monitor people not just catching right. them from the wild sure you've got a permit that you've got a captive bred bearded dragon that makes sense as opposed to me just like catching one in my backyard yes. and having it and saying this is wait that's what you did <laughs> i'm clear no that's not what that's i did what happened i didn't catch this bearded dragon in my backyard i don't have a backyard you, you have a bearded dragon that was caught from a backyard yes but they are not native to california <laughs> and she couldn't have survived outside here okay it's too cold for her all right so there you go <laughs> Um, they're predators. They do have predators, sadly, mm-hmm. as, as most things do. Um, their predators include birds of prey. Sure. Large snakes, like the black-headed python. Oh, um, okay. Larger lizards. Ah, sure. I looked up one. I think it's called a guma? I have Ooh. to look it up again. But it's like a giant tegu-type lizard. Like, it's okay. not a tegu, but it's like, looks like that. Okay, gotcha. Big old lizard. Dingoes. Australian oh. feral dogs. Yeah. Well, they're not even feral. They're wild dogs. Yeah. Totally yeah. different species. Um, and any other carnivores, you know, of course, like cats. Of course. And, uh, yep. and foxes. Yep. But, like, definitely cats. Of Especially the course. babies. You know? <laughs> they're, they're into it. I'm sure they're fun to chase. Um, and, and another fact that I, I put in with our, like, intro facts, only because I couldn't figure out where else to put this, uh-huh. is that bearded dragons are actually mildly venomous. Really? Yes. I had no idea. Yeah, because the How thing is, that? it's totally harmless to humans. Oh, okay. And nobody can quite figure out what it does or why they do it. They just have huh. small, primitive um, venom, venom sacs. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, venom chambers, and nobody can quite figure. Like they don't use it when they're eating. They don't use it for digestive purposes. So is is it vestigial? Is it left over from evolutionary byproduct? It could be. The some huh. of the some of the research I was reading almost makes it seem like. It's just starting to evolve. Oh. Like, it's... Oh, crazy. Yeah. But who knows? 
maybe it's just another defense mechanism that they like huh they they're trying to evolve there but right now it's it's not powerful enough to harm anything interesting so, um coloring let's talk about coloring for okay a second. yes because i have a lot of questions about coloring i may not have a lot of answers this okay. is actually my smallest section of notes oh no but like okay when you think of a bearded dragon what color do you think of sandy sandy that's like what i thought of too and yeah. i and i actually before i even like verified my research i yeah. was just writing down you know what do i know about bearded dragon sure and i was like in the wild they're like a sandy brown color right and then i looked it up and i was wrong really yes they can come in that color yeah but because they live in so many different environments in right. australia the reds and yellows and grays oh. are also natural colors they can come in oh. depending on basically what they're what they're wild substrate is okay so it's, it is for camouflage purposes yeah. as is most like most wild animals are colored to match in with their environment of course um and so that that sandy brown is common of the species that we talked about the inland mm-hmm. okay because that's where they're mostly sure from. but the other species can come in a variety of different colors wow. but they all kind of have that same sort of mottled textured pattern yeah um which i think is very very cool do they all have that um that pattern that looks kind of like paisley that design no not all of them some of them have more stripy patterns um but it's nothing it there's like the diff the differences are very subtle Mm -hmm. where you can't necessarily tell because so many of the species have similar aspects that you wouldn't be able to tell just based on their pattern sure what you're looking at okay um but the they're still more like modeled and natural versus in captivity we have started breeding for very intense color morphs right um and you get some crazy colors yeah crazy colors and the morphs in captivity also alter their patterns so we were talking about those like little circle patterns down Uh both sides of their backs and they can be striped they can be Uh non-patterned they can have like big circles like bright circles Um, they come in red, yellow, even purple now is starting purple? to emerge. Not like full purple. Like the lavender. But they'll have like aspects of purple. Oh my god. Um, and I, I personally think red bearded dragons are absolutely gorgeous. Well, that's what one of our local, um, pet stores. They uh, breed. They breed that GX3, which is one of our favorite local reptile <laughs> stores. They are awesome breeders and they have a line of red. It's yeah. just And they're gorgeous. absolutely very very beautiful super gorgeous um the other thing that we've started altering in captivity in breeding as well is we honed in on a gene that was less spiky and now officially there is leatherback bearded dragons who um they don't have spikes down their sides and they don't and they're there's what's the word i'm looking for their scales, their scales course, are smoother in general. So like okay. all down their back. Of course, so they, they still, still they still have their beard and they still have scales. They're yes, scaleless. They're not scaleless. Yeah. Not like fancy little scaleless snakes. They're just very soft scales. It's closer to like gecko scales. Oh, interesting. Um, and they're smooth to the touch, Ooh. which is fascinating. Yeah. I mean, they would not thrive in the wild. Oh no, they need those scales. Yes. The yeah. <laughs> they have to be tough and durable. Right. But it is. It makes them really soft to pet, and nice. and also just really interesting to look at yeah so leatherback bearded dragons okay that's the they isolated a gene and perfected it to make them less spiny interesting genetically modified lizards Mm -hmm. (laughs) gml (laughs) doesn't work as well no (laughs) gimmels did you know what were your other questions about i probably don't have answers but give them give them to me anyway okay so one of the questions that i have is when our foster moana came to us Mm -hmm. we saw her undergo a lot of changes in color. Mm-hmm. So the the day she came to us, she was um, transported over to us in a little Amazon box um, from the people who found her in their backyard. And she, when I got her out, she was like almost white. She was so so pale, yeah. and she was really cold. So I got her in in the tank and on heat mat and in light, and yeah. she started warming up. And then for like a week, she was really dark. Yeah really dark yeah so it's actually it's not like a um a one color thing it's more of a behavior but okay it does tie into color you're correct um in that bearded dragons can change their color they're not like chameleons or like what people think of when they think of chameleons right 
um, where they can like full on change their yeah. whole color, but they can darken or lighten their color. Is it like being fired up for like a crested gecko? Yeah, sort of, but okay. it's it it can be done intentionally and for two different reasons. Okay. So with in a crested gecko, I think it's more reactionary. Yeah. Where they're when they're asleep, they are automatically like fired down because right. that's just when they're calm and in their neutral, and when they're active and engaged and awake is when they'll be really fired up, and it right. doesn't have so much to do with temperature. Um, but in bearded dragons, they can darken or lighten their color for the purposes of absorbing more heat. So that's oh. why when she was um, when she was really light, when she was really cold and didn't have any kind of heat, so where she was yeah. trying to keep as much heat in her body as she could. Okay. And then when she got under a, a steady heat source, she realized try to absorb all that heat as much as I possibly can. Right. Really darkened her color, flattened out her body too more oh, to right. get more so heat more across surface that level. surface. Um, to get it all into her body so it didn't have to go through as much thickness sure. to really put heat all throughout her body. Yeah. Um, but it's also a behavioral thing in that they can darken themselves. Um, their beards, they start with just the beard, and then they'll darken their whole body if they feel really stressed and Aww. they're really trying to tell a predator, go away, leave Aww, me alone. Because when their whole body is dark and their beard is expanded, yeah. all you can see is that big spiky beard. Right. Um, and it just makes a big show. A big and that's point. when they put their head back and they open their mouth mm-hmm. and they they look like little dinosaurs. Yes. And it's adorable. And you think, should I touch that? No. No. It looks pokey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's exactly the point, which actually is a beautiful segue into behavior. Oh, um, Because that is their, that's their defense mechanism, of course, unlike dropping they can't drop their tails they can't regrow their tails okay they can't regrow any part of their body like some really other lizards they just if they lose it it's gone all right um so they choose not to use their tail for this reason whacking people they can't drop it anyway but um they will puff up try to be as threatening as possible Uh uh-huh they they're not gonna actually try and bite unless they're like really way past that point right um their first is always to just kind of like freeze right look really scary and and hopefully retreat as quickly as possible do they make sounds they if they feel very very threatened they can and will hiss and i I did experience that on our first night with our foster who was stressed out of her mind and i just went in to try and adjust something in the tank and it's kind of like a like a very low it's not like a cat hiss Uh uh-huh it's just like a low kind of like oh oh that woke tink up (laughs) oh yeah it did and and you know if you're hearing vocalizations from a beardy that it's like it's beyond it's stressed very stressed very very freaked out okay very much trying to just be left alone babies um which is a sad thing yeah but the the interesting thing about bearded dragon behavior is that most of what we know about their behavior patterns is not actually how they react to us and how they react to predators but how they interact with each other Really? Because they are highly territorial. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So okay. these, they don't live communally. Okay. But they do cross into each other's paths a lot, and uh-huh. especially during mating season, of course. Sure. Um, and so we, we've been able to observe a lot of interesting behavior patterns and a lot of interesting mating patterns. In the wild? In the wild. Great. Um, and in captivity, too, when people are breeding in captivity. But in the wild, you can you can see them putting on a show quite a bit. Quite awesome. A lot. So, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Um, they essentially are, especially as adults, super, super territorial. So I know you'll go to a pet store. Right. Or even a reptile store or a reptile show mm-hmm. or a breeder and see, like, 20 baby bearded dragons. Yeah. Like, all together. They really should be separated as soon as possible because... Even as babies. As babies, they'll be okay with each other, but yeah. they will be figuring out their social hierarchy okay. as soon as they can. Wow. Which puts the ones that are going to end up on the bottom of the totem pole at risk. Oh, okay. So one of our favorite shows, and actually, shout out, Cornell's World, which is a reptile enclosure shop and shop in Canada. Yeah. Sadly, we've never had the chance to visit. No. But they have this awesome Animal Planet show um, based on their company called Scaled, where we get to see them building really cool themed custom enclosures. Amazing For enclosures. customers all over Canada. Oh, my gosh. Um, and they followed us on Instagram. Oh! Total fangirl moment, you guys. I was checking our Instagram, and I clicked on who just followed us, and I freaked out and screamed in my car and screenshotted it and sent it to Karina because, oh, my God. Right? Like, maybe other people (laughs) don't even know who they are, but we love them, and we love their show, and we love everything they're all about. They're fabulous. Because they're all about uh, proper reptile ownership and education as well, which I think is so awesome. But one of their mascots at their shop is their owner's 
um, pet, Bearded Dragon, Kevin. Mm-hmm. And Kevin is missing part of one of his, like, her legs. Yeah, actually, yeah, Kevin. her legs. Her yep. legs. Because when she was a baby, one of the other Beardies bit it off in a fight. And they do not oh. grow back. So that's what happens. There you go. Um, even as babies, they yep. can be very territorial. And they start figuring out a little social hierarchy. And they do that through a variety of posturing and fighting and just general aggressive behavior. Oh. Uh, so they're like the palace's cat. Yeah. But the palace's cats don't usually take limbs off that no. we know of. No, yeah. They're ready to fight. They're ready to go, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, which is funny because they have such a, like, they're so known in captivity as being, like, really chill. Right. Really sweet. But they are with people. They're and, just not with each other. Right. Well, that's fair because yeah. territory. Yes. Yeah. They just don't like to share with other bearded dragons. Yeah. Um, and also, we're, this most of this happens in the wild. It does happen in captivity, too. But most of it happens in the wild. Okay. Um, their, their displays of aggression include, of course, expanding those puffy beards. Right. Darkening their beards and their whole bodies. Okay. Opening their mouths. Um, and head bobbing. Which gotcha. is interesting because mm-hmm. head bobbing can mean either they're being submissive or they're being aggressive. Oh. Depending on the circumstance and the bearded dragon that's doing it. So it's not about the way that they do it, but rather like the situation that it's they're both, in. It's both because the speed can also change depending huh. intentionally. But it's like a very intentional thing that they do. Yeah. And you have to pay attention because to if figure they're out. doing like a slow head bob, a lot of times if that's a female doing it, it'll oh. be a submissive gesture. Oh. But like a really intense one, it could be a mating call. Okay, that makes sense. Or it could be a sign of dominance against other males. Right. It's very interesting. That would be kind of threatening if someone came up to me and was like, nodding their head a lot right at me (laughs) I would probably be like okay sure yeah you go you can order next I don't need coffee immediately that's fine I don't know that it's like a direct comparison (laughs) because they don't vocalize like we do you know sometimes I don't vocalize before I have coffee you just watch somebody like nodding and then sometimes I'm like yeah slow head nod after you my friend yeah yeah they are weird that way they're they're little you know when you go to a, a store and you see a bearded dragon and they're just kind of waving their little arms yes it looks so cute so cute is it, that a submissive gesture? it is a sign of submission it's, a, it's always sad to find out but i think in captivity that's a lot like dogs rolling over and showing you their belly where right traditionally like if you look at them in the wild that can be and even in captivity can still be a submissive sign but it's also them doing things that they recognize get them something they want right (laughs) right they are very smart little lizards yeah they are in in captivity and in your home they learn what gets them what they want sure pretty easily i have i've heard them referred to as kind of dog like i think they're i think they are the most dog like that you can get out of a small lizard yeah uh, because even though it's bigger than a gecko, it's right. still a small lizard. Right. It's not a tegu or, or a monitor. monitor. Mm-hmm. Right. Or an iguana. Those, right. Like the bigger you get, the more brain power and also a little the more dinosaur. Maybe. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, there. We talked about that head bobbing. Um, the thing about males is that they will actively attack other males when they're in competition for females or food. Okay. But they are have also been known to actively attack females that don't show submission when they automatically... Wow, assholes. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought you wouldn't like that fact very much. Wow, I'm so glad we have a female. Yeah. Because <laughs> some of the beardy dragon males are dicks. Yeah, they're, they're not Jesus. the nicest. Are they incels? Incels? Yeah, you know, like, oh, never mind. We shouldn't go into it. We're not a political podcast. Let's not talk about it. Oh, yeah, I don't even know what that means. So I'm going to stay out of it. That's good. Stay out of it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so they they actively attack each other and they actively attack females. The females can be territorial, but we've seen in the wild far less aggressive behaviors from females than we have from males. Mostly because females are... Makes sense. ...doing their own thing and males are out there like, this is mine and that's mine and that's my girl. Even though they don't, they don't mate for life or anything like that. They mate per season, but so there's really no point to it except for just like, like I want her right now. Well, please, my line must live on. Oh my god, it sounds to me like some of these beardies have some toxic masculinity going on. (laughs) Maybe I don't know. Um, Other behaviors other than aggressing and being in the social hierarchy include basking. 
that's okay. basically I like that behavior that's a good behavior they basically spend their entire waking hours basking or eating okay and yeah, like that's fair. they don't you know it's not like they're getting into things or exploring or doing any recreational activity they're just staying warm and eating food well sure because they don't have the energy yeah probably and during mating season finding the ladies yeah. that's okay. it <laughs> I don't think it's very hard for them to find the ladies, though. But you, it's interesting, seasonally in Australia, if you were to visit, and it was breeding season, you would see way more males out than females because they're oh. out patrolling for the ladies, and okay. the ladies are either supervising their nests if they've got their little dens already, or maybe avoiding <laughs> avoiding the males. Uh-huh. Sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Um, we already talked about what they do when they're faced with predators. We can uh, talk a little bit more about breeding, if you would like. Let's do it. Do you feel like sure. you will be uncomfortable? I I just might be angry, but that's okay. Well, they're oviparous. A who do I? Oviparous. Wait, does that, that has something to do with eggs? Yeah, it means they lay eggs. Oh. Like most reptiles. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Overthinking it. They are yeah. oviparous. Like most, we have talked about some reptiles that are not oviparous, though. We've talked about a couple that are viviparous, which is interesting. Yes. Um, like Kenyan sand boas. Yes, but we talked today about just general oviparous reptiles. Um, they breed seasonally, like most reptiles as well, when the weather is warm during spring and summer. Right after brumation, that's the first thing on a male's mind, is to start seeking a mate. So he takes a nap. And then he is like, I'm going to go get laid. Yep. And then he's going to get some foods. And then he's going to fight with other males. This sounds repeat. so familiar. <laughs> why do I Why do I recognize these oh, patterns? No. We love beardies, we promise. <laughs> um, they, they start, they do start, a, you know, sort of a, a courtship ritual when oh. they find a female that they... That they want to mate with. Aggressive head nodding? Yes. And stomping. Right. Stomping, which is kind of cute. I That's definitely the way to my heart, boys, is to come up to me and <laughs> bob your head and stomp your feet. I'll be like, okay, like, you let's know, they do. Go. They do a little beardy <laughs> dance. It's like a little bird dance, right, you okay. know? Yeah, right? These sound like very bird courtship <laughs> behavior. The, and you know what's, like, their head movements are very Bird I've noticed well. that of Moana. Like everything is like very it's it's the dinosaur. Yeah. Them. They're closely totally. it's like not actually but did. they do seem more dinosaur like than other reptiles. Well and especially than like the geckos that were yeah. more used to. Because it's so funny, you know, we, we know everybody thinks like reptiles, they're the living dinosaurs. Right. But then the facts are actually that birds are more closely related genetically yes. to dinosaurs. I believe we're going to go ahead and just put bearded dragons in there with the birds. Seems accurate to me. <laughs> I'm sure. like, oh, like, I love them, but also, like, every time she twitches her head a little bit, like, real fast, you're like, oh. Um, yeah, totally. Me? Like, I'm really glad she's as small as she is. Are you looking at me? Yeah. What do you, what do you Are want? Are you going to eat? Me? Yeah. <laughs> unclear. Very unclear. <laughs> like, all the other animals are, like, slow moving, calculating, yeah. like, you know what's up with yeah. them. I don't know what's going on in a bearded no. dragon's head. Uh-uh. Like, honestly. But once, they, once they've once they chosen a lady and they've done their little dance for her, mm-hmm. she'll will, if she's up to it, she'll show signs of submission. She might wave her arms back. Um, <laughs> she's like, hey. And then the, and then the chase begins. And I oh. mean quite literal chase. Oh, okay. Which is, doesn't right. not end great. Oh. Yeah. Wait, what? You might be able to guess. Does somebody die? No. Oh. Well, she couldn't lay eggs if she's dead. I was assuming him. No. So no, no. it ends in some sort of copulation. Yes, but he's got a bite onto her. Ugh. So, and I'm not Man. sure. I, I think geckos do this too, to be honest. Yeah. Because we've seen signs of and it. cats? In mine. Yeah. In order to in order to feel like he's truly mounted, he's got a bite onto her back. Great. Yeah. And, and then he can do his thing. Okay. Fellas. <laughs> sit down (laughs) we need to have a little discussion here about how you can still be a male beardy and your masculinity does not need to be challenged i don't but maybe you not need to be biting i'm not even sure it's about i mean i know it's not about masculinity (laughs) i just feel like they they literally cannot do anything unless they're like clamped on for security Oh my god! I know they're not. They're you know this like give them some credit. They're just beardies. Boys. <laughs> they're just trying their best. Um, the females have like a, a really nifty trick. They have what is called oviductal crypts. 
Wait, what? Uh, Oviductal. Oviductal crypts. Yes. As in, like, where you put dead things. Yeah, but not, though. Oh, okay. Basically, they're just, like, special sacks where they can store sperm from one mating (laughs) so that they can have two clutches of eggs from just one. Girls, I like where you're going. So that they don't, like, obviously the females are here to breed, too. These are wild animals. They're not humans who choose, like, do we, do we not want to have kids? Right. Like, that's their purpose. Right. Is to breed. And so, in order to not have to go through those intense mating rituals too many times they can actually produce they're like eh, it's, two it's clutches. fine i got all i need from you mm-hmm. leave me alone yeah, yeah i'm good i i'm like hide in my yeah. hide in my burrow yeah not be out gonna go be a single mom yeah by myself not really i'm not they don't really mother they're young don't need your help it's okay <laughs> don't need your help laying these eggs yep. we're good <laughs> um so when when reptiles lay eggs and birds too i think we call them clutches right clutch of eggs um, they can have anywhere from 11 to 30 eggs. Oh, my God. Which is intense. That's a lot of eggs. And that's for one clutch. How big are the eggs? They were, I think it said anywhere from like 10 to 13 centimeters? millimeters. Millimeters. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, they're little. Okay. Whew. Yeah, they're not too big. Oh, my. Um, baby beardies are very small. Yes. Very small. Yeah. Um, and in captivity, they can have up to four clutches per season. Per season? Per season. So per year. I'm sorry. Um, so they could they could lay 120 eggs. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no Just guarantee one. That, that all of those of would be viable. But. but yeah. Um, I think that most breeders try to keep it to two. Um, yeah. Because that's a lot on a on a female beardy. Yeah. I think that if you were going into like. Oh, girls. Those big kind of fox breeders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they probably will get whatever they can out of their beers, sure. and that's kind of ridiculous. Um, <sighs> in the wild, there haven't been a lot of studies about how many clutches that they have at any given yeah. time. Because we know they can have two per mating, but we don't know if they try to right. do more than that, or if they're like, two and I'm good. Right. You well, in, in, in the wild, it probably depends on resources that are available. Yeah, absolutely. How safe the female feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the female will, you know, once she lays the eggs, she'll leave them actually in a little burrow that she digs out mm. for them, and then she'll kind of back dirt up against the entrance yeah so that people can't really find them nice and then she'll like kind of keep an eye on them while Mm -hmm. they incubate the incubation time is 78 to 85 days okay okay and like you know it doesn't matter for her because she just lays them and yeah there you go she's sticking around and being like "Mm, everything cool over there yeah looks chill okay yeah and then that's kind of it okay and then they do their own thing and they stick around that territory while they're growing up and that's when they start to establish that social hierarchy And then they'll branch out when they're older and the dominant ones have been like, okay. This is mine. Yeah. And everybody else. you get out of here. Peace out. Yeah. Get out of here. Um, But they have those really big clutches, which is why they breed so successfully in captivity. Right. Because they they just know. They have a very clear system. They know how to do it. They have successful large clutches. And it's very easy to produce bearded dragons in in captivity. Um, Speaking of, shall we discuss them as pets? (gasps) I've been waiting and waiting. You're like, this is my favorite part. Um, great. Well, do you have do you have any like thoughts or comments on? So yeah, I didn't really know what to expect too much of our beardy that we're fostering right now. When we first you know got her and moved her in, mm-hmm. I knew that beardies are supposed to be a little bit more active, mm-hmm. more interactive too. Yep. That they they kind of tend to enjoy socialization a little bit more. Um, and I've seen, like, people seem to just really love hanging out with their beardies. Yeah. Um, so I was excited to see what they're like. And so far, I've been really enjoying having Milana yeah. around. Absolutely blown away. Yeah. I did not have very many expectations. Yeah. Like, I, on the same page. But basically, um, since they were introduced into the pet trade in actually only the 90s. They haven't really, really even been a part of the pet trade for that, that long. Wow. Um, I mean, reptiles in general haven't really been popular pets for that long. Right. Um, but beardies were introduced in the 90s and quickly became one of the top pet reptiles. And we can see why with the success of the breeding mm-hmm. and the easy feeding. And- yep. One of the most um, most recommended first pet reptiles, too, for people. Sure. And a lot of that is because of what we've already touched on about them being a good bridge between a more traditional interactive pet, like right. a cat or dog. Or a um, bunny. Yeah. And a, and a reptile. Yeah. Like they're still very interactive. 
Um, I think them being diurnal really helps. Yes. Because so many reptile species are nocturnal. Right. And you just don't tend to see them doing anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, They don't really want to interact with you during the day, even if they are really social. You don't tend to see them doing anything in their cage other than sleeping or hiding, like, all the time. Right. Even with leopard geckos that are also great for pets, most of the time our leopard geckos are in their hides. Yeah, they're sleeping. They're like, peace, I'm tired. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. Um... And with a bearded dragon, she's kind of always doing something. Right. She's always doing something. Right, right. Um, another reason that I believe and that most people believe they're really popular is because of their size. Because they're actually a really, sense. really good size. They are still considered a small lizard. Yeah. They max out from around anywhere from like 16 to, well, most of what I was looking was in, um, was in, meters unfortunately because they are from australia right um but i think up to like two feet from Mm -hmm. tip of the nose down to the end of the tail yeah um nice big lizards yeah handleable Um, yeah as opposed to some of the other smaller lizards like geckos Mm -hmm. and chameleons even that are small and pretty fragile right beardy is tough physically of course because they've got those scales and large enough that they can tolerate way more handling so better to have around kids Mm -hmm. or teenagers or other pets other pets um you don't have to worry so much about them and also just like if you're if you're letting them roam out of their cage for a time you can keep an eye on them which you can just like do disappear yeah yeah um which is really great they have a varied diet. While they do have to eat at least some insects, even as babies, they have to eat a lot of insects. For the that, protein. Mm-hmm. And as adults, they, they can cut back. They still do need to eat live insects. Uh-huh. It's less live insects. Because mm-hmm. some people with geckos that have to eat exclusively live insects, they're like, mm, I don't really want to have bugs in my house all the time. <laughs> and you can feed them mostly greens and fruits uh-huh. um, and vegetables. And so that's, that's a, a key point for some people. Sure. It's cheaper, too. I mean, I don't think insects are that expensive, but no. it's cheap to feed just stuff that you would normally have in your house. Yeah, of course. Um, they are gentle overall. You yeah. know, we did talk about how they have all those great defense mechanisms and yeah. they can look very scary. Right. But they are really gentle um, and they're very personable. Yeah. They have really big little personalities yeah. in their tiny little bodies and they're very interactive mm-hmm. and they're very alert. And I think that makes them really attractive pets for people. They look really intelligent too like when you look at their eyes and you look at their bodies and the way they move their head they look like they're taking in their environment making choices thinking about like like recognizing you like they just they seem like they're aware when you pet them sometimes they close their eyes Ah, like they're really enjoying it so cute like ah that is very cute i see it i see how you are being the cutest um they have pretty simple care requirements as far as reptiles go uh, to me, there are simpler reptiles to care for, uh-huh. but as far as, like, all reptiles go, mm-hmm. they have pretty simple needs. They need a tank that's large enough for them to move around and do things for them to have a hot side and a cold side. Which is about how big for a grown? Uh, minimum 40 gallons, okay. but there are um, bearded dragons that can get really big. Mona right. is actually pretty small right. for an adult bearded dragon. I think she's an adult based on the fact that you can clearly tell what sex she is right and her overall size and coloring is she could be a young adult still mm-hmm. but i don't think she's growing anymore right um and and she's pretty small for a yeah she's only they get bigger and she's in about a 40 gallon right now okay. so you can see like anything bigger right. than her definitely that would not be okay yeah so um most people say for beauties the bigger the better a lot of people yeah. keep their beauties in like 75 gallons because okay. that's kind of the next standard size is 40 right. 50 75 um yeah, yeah, yeah as long as it's got a long enough space that you can have nice hot basking light and yeah. a nice warm area on one side and a cooler area you still need it to be pretty warm overall in because their tank they're desert animals because they're from warm areas yeah. um but their temperatures can drop at night you don't have to do under tank heating unless uh-huh. you're unless you live in a place that gets really cold at night. Then mm-hmm. you'll want something to keep it from getting too cold at night. Uh huh. Um, they do need UVB light so they can bask. Uh huh. Well, the basking is actually separate. So like the basking light is just a really hot, intense oh, okay. spot, and the UVB light is so like in Moana's tank, she's got two lights, and mm-hmm. one is a basking light and one is a UVB light. Okay. Um, but a lot of people will do the UVB like long like a bulbs that do the whole across. I just don't have the kind of tank where you could put that in. Sure. Um, but they need that to synthesize and make calcium. Oh, 
interesting. And the reason that it's not required for some of the other reptiles that we have is because they're nocturnal. They have right. other ways of figuring it out in the wild, and we supplement them with artificial D3. But when but Moana has... need to make it on their own. Okay. Um, interesting. So that's why when we supplement her food with calcium and vitamins, we don't give her D3 because she can synthesize that herself with Got the UVB it. light. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and they need fresh water, of course, at all times. Of course. Um, they don't, they, unlike a lot of other reptiles, they don't need a dish that's big enough for them to crawl into. Uh-huh. They, they do appreciate it. They don't need it. Uh-huh. As long as you're giving them regular baths. Wait, they like baths? They, they need and like baths. What? Um, so they, they like warm, like warm to, not hot, hot, but like warm, warm <laughs> baths. A lot of times, like there's some beardies in captivity that will only poop in the bath. Oh, gross. And they feel like, like they get a little warm. constipated. Yeah, and, like, and they just need uh... that like warm water. It helps with shedding. It helps with dehydration sure. because they're not the best at choosing to drink standing oh, water. makes sense. They can. Yeah. But a lot of times they prefer drinking in the bath. Okay. Which is okay. kind of gross when you think about the fact that they yeah. like poop well. and drink and like. What a mess. Whatever, dude. <laughs> um, and they like to like snuggle in the towels when they're oh. drying off. And the oh. first the first couple nights after we got Moana, I was like doing more research yeah. and I found out that that can help them. Um, so I like oh. put her, I just filled my sink with warm water and then I put her in there and she like closed her eyes and let the water fall on her head and was just like so lapping it up. It cute. was the cutest. She's oh due for God. a bath actually too. Excellent. She will be very happy about it. I want to give her a bath. <laughs> um... Yeah, but, you know, other than the UVB and mm-hmm. the basking light, and then they eat, like, you got to feed them every day, which is a little bit different right. than some reptiles. Do you but have to feed that, them um, both salad and um, some sort of insect every day? I or? mean, the, the overall diet should be 80% greens, fruits, and 20% insects. Okay. So how you choose to divvy that up is up to you as an owner. Okay. I do like to give her a little bit, like a few bugs every day mm-hmm. because it's stimulating. Right. And she likes to hunt them. Yeah. Um, and it's more interesting than just her bowl of food right. that's not moving around. And a lot of people who have trouble getting their beauties to want to eat the greens uh-huh. that only want to eat, especially because they eat so many insects when they're babies, sure. getting them to transition to eat less insects yeah. and more greens can be tricky. Of course. Um, so a lot of people recommend, you know, you could put the insects in with the veggies. When they go in for Makes the sense. insects, they're going to get some veggies too. Yeah. Um, you can even like wrap up like bugs in pieces of greens. A little bugarito. Yeah, to try and get them to go for oh it. Or some people will actually like cut bugs in half. Bug and sushi. Like mush them in. Delicious. So that like the bug guts are all over. Mm, bug yeah. guts. I'm very lucky in that for the first few days, Moana was, like, not interested in eating. Yeah. Then she started eating insects, and now she's eating her greens, Wonderful. Too. So I I didn't have to deal with that. Thank goodness. Have you noticed any particular favorites that she, she has? She likes kale. Yeah. A lot. A lot. I put some um, some parsley in there with her this week, and nice. she's eating that, too. I think she still prefers the kale. Mm-hmm. She likes snow peas, like snap peas. <laughs> she likes those a lot. Good taste, girl. Yeah, taste. I know. Does not like carrots. Oh, really? How funny. No. Okay. Loved crickets and mealworms. Well, sure. Those I don't delicious. think I've offered her any dubias yet, but yeah. she's, she likes bugs. Yeah. So yeah. that's good. Are there um, things that people should be careful not to feed them that maybe they wouldn't have thought of, like vegetable-wise? I mean, there's there's you should always double check before you buy or offer fruits and vegetables to your yeah. reptile to make sure that there's nothing in there. Iceberg lettuce is really bad for them. Oh. It's really bad for most most animals. Just because it doesn't us. have it doesn't really have a lot in there. Nutrients. There's nothing in there that'll hurt us. But there's really nothing in there that'll help us either. Um, and I think it's I think it might be too high in cellulose for them. Oh, okay. Because, like, they do better with leafier. Right. And not with the, like, really thick. So when I feed her kale, I never give her the stalk. I okay. pull off all of the leaves. Yeah. Um, they can have strawberries, but they can't have all the strawberry seeds. Oh. Because so I don't think they can digest the strawberries. So I just oh avoid it. Yeah. Know. Or you could just, you could, like, skin a strawberry, I guess. Right. And yeah. give them just the inside. Sure. Um, but they can have kiwis. So oh, I think yum. it just depends on the... Again, good taste. You know? I, I don't know, like, a, a, an entire list of do's and don'ts. It's kind of like with your dogs and cats. Where, like, yeah. If you're unsure, check. Just check. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's just a couple of things that might surprise you. But yeah, yeah. Just double check. Um, the other reason I think that they make great pets is because we talked about them being so easy to breed. That means there's so many of them that they come pretty cheap. Right. You can get them... 
Like, if you're, I mean, if I would recommend going to a big pet store. Of course. But if you do, you can get a baby beardy there for $50. Oh, wow. Um, a lot of breeders, you can get them for even less than that. Uh-huh. If they're just, like, normal babies. If you want an adult beardy, you're usually going to, you're usually going to pay a little more sure, because they're paying more. for the care and exactly. the feeding and the, and, and the knowledge yeah. that this is a, a well-started beardy. And a yeah. lot of times um, they're breeders as well. So they're saying this is a proven breeder of these genetics. Right. Um, if you want a leatherback or a fancy color morph, you're going to get into right. higher price ranges, but still overall mm-hmm. very affordable. Can you find beardy rescues? Yeah, absolutely. I think you can find bearded dragons at, like, any shelter that takes in reptiles. Okay. Um, even at rescues like the Yolo County SPCA <laughs> that don't usually take in reptiles. Shut up. Um, and any, like, reptile-specific rescue is usually going to at least have one or two beardies. Cool. Um, and they're going to come across them pretty frequently. Because they do live, um, we're not 100% sure in the wild. We think maybe six to eight years in the wild. Oh. Wow. Um, an average lifespan in captivity is, like, eight to 12 there have been really? some who've known to live 14 plus years wow. okay but that'd be like very ancient mm-hmm. yeah so if you it's have like a well taken a care cat. of yeah 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 if you have a well taken care of beardy and they have everything they need they can definitely live a solid eight to ten years oh. um, that's less than i was thinking i was assuming like 12 to 15 yeah yeah they yeah. they can but you not have likely. to be like a super stellar owner and, and have, have just great a, genetics. Like, yeah. yeah. It'd have okay. to be a mix of everything. Um, but they are pretty rocking. Um, but because of that, because a lot of people get them as babies and then they get to be adults and they're more than people think they can handle. Right. Um, they do end up as I would assume a lot. the space would be a bigger issue for people yeah. who didn't know about how big they would need to how big of an enclosure they would need when they started out. Okay, so if I was interested in starting up with a beardy as my first pet, as Uh my first reptile, what would the associated cost be approximately? I would say if you were just going to get a normal baby, I'd budget, I, to be safe in case you decide you Mm -hmm. see like a really pretty one, you go somewhere, I'd budget 100 for the animal itself. Uh You could definitely find one cheaper, but I'd budget that much. Okay. And probably best to look for breeders or for really trusted reptile stores or expos. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think that there's a lot of... You could also... I'm not a big fan of buying reptiles online mm-hmm. just because shipping them kind of scares me a little right. bit. But it is a big part of, of sure. how it works. And, like, if I were to go buy one at a store, it would have been shipped there most likely. Right. Um, I personally, if you can find a local breeder mm-hmm. or a local shop that breeds or a local shop that sources from breeders they know. Right. Or a rescue. Like, or a rescue. That would always be my preference yeah. for anything. And it yeah. should be pretty easy with bearded dragons. Yeah. But if you're kind of, there's a lot of people that live out in the middle of nowhere. Sure. Um, and there's not really reptile stuff around you. Yeah. You can find a reputable breeder online that will ship to you. Awesome. Um, and so I would, but for all those reasons, I'd budget $100. Okay. The animal itself. You can get a 40-gallon tank for your baby, or you can get a larger tank if you want. You don't need to go super fancy. You don't have to get them. I, I like front opening tanks, but you don't really have to go all that intense with them. Okay. You could get just get a regular 40-gallon aquarium with a, a mesh lid and you can and some little clips on there to make sure it doesn't get out on you. They're not as escape artists as like snakes are, but they can and will escape on you still. Um, and usually, like if you go to Petco or PetSmart, when they're doing their like dollar per gallon sale you oh. can get a 40 gallon tank for 40 bucks oh nice i'd budget another 100 just to be safe now how about if i wanted to get a custom enclosure from cornell's world i have no idea because <laughs> you'd have to ask them i'd have to save up for several years yeah i, think. I mean honestly upfront costs in my opinion if you're going to do it right it will add up yeah i don't think any animal you get is going to be yeah. cheap but it's like when you first get your dog, you might adopt it for $10 and then right. your first visit, <laughs> vet visit might be free and then you have to buy your flea preventative and then yep. you have to buy your collar and your leash and your license and it very quickly adds up to a couple hundred dollars. Right, right. And with like 
off the top of my head, I would probably overestimate everything to be a couple hundred dollars for a beauty as well. Yeah. Because you got to get your light bulbs and your lighting, and then you have to get some feeders to get started with. You have to get your substrate. You have to get stuff to put in the tank. Right. Because they need lots of things to do. What's a good type of substrate for them? They do well on um, on a variety of substrates. Never sand, as with most. Be- the right. problem with sand being that animals can't digest it. Right. So if they accidentally eat some. They, it can build up and cause an impaction. Right. And that can very quickly kill them. Yeah. So even though they may live on sand in the wild, A, they can still have impaction in the wild. Right. And the whole point of keeping them in captivity is to offer them the best life possible. Right, right. Um, they can do well. Like, I have Moana on um, a mixture of shelf liner and paper towels. And nice. And fine. Okay. I think a no-go on repti carpet because their claws can get caught right. too easily um, on the, like on the fuzziness of it um a lot of times they they give like they have mats in the stores that have like a rocky texture oh i don't love that i think it's okay yeah um you can also do like slate or tile that's really awesome you can do eco or or like husk um aspen you can do they're not burrowers right necessarily so not really any and it's really light and like they could make probably a really big mess out of it (laughs) Um, it, they are low humidity though, because the only animals that you can't really do aspen with are animals that need high humidity because it right. molds because sure. it gets super gross. Um, personally, I think cleanup for them is easiest on a solid thing, but you want to make sure that you have lots of textures in there because they will need nail trims or nail files because ah. they can get too long sometimes. And so you could put in some different types of textures that might naturally file it down a little bit. Yeah, plus cool. they like to climb. So of you want to have lots of things in there for them to climb on. So different it. heights, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, building in levels. You could do a bioactive enclosure with Ooh, them as well if you wanted to. Fun. I'm not, uh, that seems way too much for me. But yeah. You could. Yeah. You can do that kind of thing. And so I bet they really enjoy different types of enrichment too. Yeah. That's why like there's so many videos out there of people with their beardies like soaring around the house on little um, remote control cars. Oh my and, gosh. And going out for walks on their little harnesses and leashes. That's like, right. Because you can get harnesses and leashes for beardies. Yes. You can get them on Etsy. You can get them on Amazon. You can get them at a lot of pet stores oh actually. Oh um, You can make them easily. So we made ours out of like a 70% cent piece of felt yeah and some yarn yes um it's pretty easy to make uh the thing about it is pay attention to your individual beauty as Mm -hmm. some things may stress them out but they do enjoy a lot of enrichment and getting out to see the world as always when you're taking your reptiles out and about keep in mind that there are parasites and mites and things that can harm them so i wouldn't personally let mine just like walk around in the grass outside right right when i take her out i have her like on me with me or in her critter keeper so that she can see things right but not be like subject to um dangerous diseases or buggies or anything like that because i don't want her to be sick or anything like that and of course regular vet care is always important for any pet including reptiles so in conclusion beardies thumbs up four four out of five stars five out of five stars ten out of five stars oh ten out of five ten out of five stars okay so you told me before we fostered moana that you didn't think you'd ever really want to have a beardy because they're just not quite your speed yeah do you still feel that way now? I do. I do. I yeah. loved having her around, and I think she's wonderful. I don't think bearded dragons are the right reptile for me, uh-huh. personally. I like my pets to be very lazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's my, <laughs> like, my dogs are that way. <laughs> At least one of my cats is that way. The other one is like that sometimes. Uh-huh. My snakes are very low-key, yeah. slow movers. They're not quick. They're yeah. not, like, my gecko is the chillest. Um, yes. And when I have her out, Moana's a dream. She'll sit on my, like, she'll sit on my shoulder for hours. Yeah. I took her to an adoption event, and for three hours, literally, she did not move. And oh I was gosh. like, this is a dream. Precious. But then when we're home, she's like, I want to do stuff. I yeah. want to move around. I want to be let out of my tank. She'll literally ask to be let out of the yeah, tank. Yeah, she'll just scratch and scratch and scratch until yeah. I let her out. At the door. Yes. Excuse me. Scratch, scratch, scratch. And then, and then she'll kind of, like, I'll open it, and she'll sit there and be like, hmm. And then she'll... <laughs> Get out and start running around the room. Oh, great. And, like, she's just running from corner to corner. Just running. <laughs> and it's it's super cute. But it's yeah. not, like, you. Ha- I do that with her every day. Right. And I'm like, I have her for four weeks right. for, a, for a stray hold. But I don't think I'd want to do that every day for ten years. Right. Yeah. It's just too much. So it would be a really good fit, it sounds like, for someone who wants a, a really interactive. Yeah. 
reptile yeah. specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like whether you're the kind of person that you have other pets, but you know you want a reptile that yeah. you're going to interact with every day. Yeah. Or you you want like a dog or a cat, but you can't have a dog or sure. a cat. A bearded dragon is a great alternative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I personally have found that I really love having my reptiles who don't mind hanging out with me as often as I want to, uh-huh. but don't need it either. Right. So that if you so don't that have I'm to like, feel guilty. I have two if... days where I just like can't do anything. You've got yeah. water. You've got food. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. And they're perfectly happy. Yeah. <laughs> Moana would not be happy in that right. life. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so as much as I love them and 100% am on board for them as amazing reptiles and yeah. as amazing pets. Um, not for me personally. Yeah. And I think that's important about all the critters we talk about. I and mean, we talk about loving so many critters oh, that yeah. obviously, like, nobody should ever own as pets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we still love them. <laughs> uh, but we also talk about a lot of critters that make great pets and maybe aren't the right fit for us. But yeah. that's part of, part of being a good pet owner is finding out what totally. you want and what you're looking for and making sure that you're a good fit for each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're looking for an interactive, social pet, that's still less requirement than a dog or a cat right. or a mammal, mm-hmm. uh, then maybe a bearded dragon is the right fit for you. Woohoo! And if you're in our area and you're thinking, God, I just got to have a bearded dragon, oh. give us a week and uh, Moana will be looking for a forever home. <gasps> oh my goodness. <laughs> you can apply at yolospca.org. Yes, you can. <laughs> well, thank you so much for researching bearded dragons and telling me about all this because it's really been on my mind recently. I figured, yeah, with one like living in our house, yeah. we should like we should educate people about them. Yeah, and, it was my and me. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, because I already love her a lot, but now I feel like I get her a lot more. Yeah, she I makes also, sense. Yeah, yeah. Also, so glad she's a female. So glad she's a female. <laughs> <laughs> we do love her though. Yep, yep. Okay, so uh, any updates we want to give people before on, on CritterCast in general? Well, like I said, we are uh, editing the vlog. Mm-hmm. We were at a reptile show. I'm editing it so that it can go up. And with that will also go the announcement of our fundraiser. In we're doing trying. a fundraiser. It, sort of, yes. Basically, we are asking all of our loving and devoted fans yes. if they would like to contribute to us going to the NorCal Reptile Expo in May. Mm-hmm. And what we plan to do there is to take some of our animals who are you know good at going out around a lot of people and mm-hmm. other animals um probably take our corn snake probably take one of our leopard geckos probably take tinkerbell <laughs> yeah um and then doing some like outreach and information um have some like basic care guides so that people who are just kind of dipping a toe into the reptile world yeah. and want to come and see what the reptile expo is all about um won't like be trying desperately to get information from a breeder who's got like 10 other people and all buying animals right and and trying to sell animals right at the same time yeah just crazy and they can just come and hang out and we can chat about what we know about them and share some of the resources that we've got I think it's really good too to have um I mean like there's always adult leopard geckos Mm -hmm. um but I think it'll be really great to have Cornelius. So they can see a, what a an larger adult. corn snake. He's yes. still a sub adult. He's still not full grown. Right. But a larger corn snake. This is what these tiny babies right. are going to grow into. Because those this and bigger baby corn snakes are teeny tiny, tiny. so small. And I don't usually see larger no, corn uh-uh. snakes at these expos. Uh, not if they're not a rescue. Yeah. yeah. And even then, they'll maybe have like one. Yeah. It, it's not common. Um, and I, and I think it's nice too for people to be able to see, Hey, like you're looking at all these reptiles. They are stressed. They are here at an expo, but you can still find these with like really great temperaments. So all these families with kids can see, don't grab just the ones that like you first see. Right. Right. We found both of these guys. Um, well, we found Cornelius at a a reptile shop, but still we like held and and interacted with him to make sure he was the right temperament Mm -hmm. for us, started on the right way. Um, and the same with Ichabod was from an S- expo and yep. Basil was from an expo. And, and so was Fifi. Yeah. And that, and we will, uh, of course, as always, bring some stickers and business cards. Yeah. We will also plan to order some um, sample merchandise Woo-hoo. off of our Redbubble oh site gosh. so that people can see if they're interested in purchasing merchandise on their own. This is what it looks like in person before you, you make your online order. You know you want a Bufo Bufo shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and all those other 
fun, cool things. It will be a fun experience for us. It'll be a step in the direction that we want to take CritterCast, um, but we need your help to get there, sadly. Money is tight, <laughs> uh, as as per usual. And obviously, you're not required to of contribute at not. all. But no, no, if no. you want to come to that show, yeah. which is in Pleasanton on May 18th and 19th, coming out Saturday and Sunday, um, and you want to see us there as vendors, then um, we need to raise $250 to get there. Yeah. Um, you can also contribute by going to our Patreon page. And that's a cool option, too, because... If you sign up for our Patreon, you get, uh, depending on which level you sign up for, you get different sorts of, you know, rewards, either um, merchandise or like extra footage or behind the scenes stuff. Um, So if you just can't get enough of CritterCast, great. (laughs) We we would love to share some more with you and we would love your help in our CritterCast journey. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, Um, that's kind of where we're at for now. That and our foster, who we've talked about the entire episode. Oh my god. Uh, That's us. Um, We do not have a new promo swap for this episode. Yeah, so next time. (laughs) Uh, No worries. But thanks to all of our our podcast buddies who have been offering advice and feedback and kind of helping shepherd us on our shepherding us on our journey as we continue to learn about creating podcasts and being content creators. Yeah. All that wonderful and amazing stuff. But mm-hmm. that that's it for us here at CritterCast for episode 28 on Bearded Dragons. Okay, so go um, right now to our Instagram, which is CritterCast Podcast, mm-hmm. and our Facebook. CritterCast. And check out our pictures and videos of Beardies in per- in just in general and also Moana specifically because she's Especially gorgeous. Especially in her crown. Yes. <laughs> exactly. She's a queen. <laughs> you can also find us on Twitter at Cast Critter mm-hmm. and on Patreon. Um, as CritterCast. You're always welcome to send us an email with any inquiries or questions or concerns at CritterCastPodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and hit us up. Let us know if there's a critter that you would really love to know more about. If there's a critter you're really excited about that you want to share with us. Um, or maybe you have your own podcast and you want to do a podcast promo swap. Cool. All right, fans of CritterCast, <laughs> this is it for us. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. <laughs>